Praise the Lord. God is good, amen? All the time. Giving honor to God who's ahead of my life and my pastor and his absence and the first lady, Sister Cindy. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of, of coming up here and speaking. And uh, I just thank God for you. My pastor. God is good. Jeremiah 51, 15, a few scriptures that you can sit down. It said, he hath made the earth by his power. Love the scripture. He has established the world by his wisdom. He has stretched out the heavens by his understanding. Now, that's, that, that's, that's wisdom and understanding on a high level. That's on a high level. That's the most high God. Lord have mercy. Mm, mm, mm. Psalms 145, good news says, He says, Great and mighty is our Lord. His wisdom cannot be measured. Wisdom. Brother Trace is reading my email today because he's got to talking about wisdom. <laughs> Glory to God. Proverbs 4 7, scripture right over there says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, Get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you to come in today. Ask you to anoint our ears, Lord, that we might hear what you have to say about wisdom. God, bind everything in this place that's not like you. If there's anything not like you, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask you to lose your peace, lose your happiness, use your wisdom on our people tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Wisdom. I'm going to be, you can be seated, please. Wisdom. I'm going to be throwing out a lot of definitions today, so, yeah. I don't know, it might be kind of corny. We'll see. Wisdom transforms head knowledge into common sense. Action. Wisdom transforms head knowledge into common sense actions. Wisdom from God helps you develop a biblical outlook that penetrates the deceptive and distorted thoughts of the world. Yeah, godly wisdom. See, there's two types of wisdom. There's worldly wisdom and there's godly wisdom. Tonight we're talking about godly wisdom. Wisdom refers to the practical skills associated with understanding and living a successful life. Well, godly wisdom you will be successful in life. With worldly wisdom, not me, might not be more successful. It might be good for a while, but hey, you got to have God's wisdom. Wisdom is not only knowing the facts and figures, it is understanding the filter through which facts and figures should be used. Wisdom recognizes that all-powerful, all-knowing God has designed a moral universe with consequences for good or sinful choices. You see, when you got God's wisdom, you might not make the mistakes that that worldly wisdom gets you. When you got God's wisdom, you, you might avoid that snare over there or that bad decision. And we all know we've all made dumb, bad decisions. Hallelujah. This is wisdom Wisdom begins with understanding your accountability 
and your full dependence on your creator. It's not what you know, but who you know. That's wisdom. Talk about wisdom tonight. <laughs> wisdom will help you preserve, help you preserve you from trouble and disaster. Wise people know the difference between right and wrong and choose to do what is right, which often helps them avoid trouble. More than that, wisdom is choosing to apply God's truth and principles to your daily relationships and situations. See, these are all good biblical dictionary terms of wisdom. I got to thinking about, I was praying on this, and I got to reading research. Goodness gracious, that's a lot of wisdom in the Bible. It's a lot of wisdom. Uh, <clears throat> as a general rule, wisdom allows you to lead a longer and healthier and happy life because you have the discernment of common sense to stay away from temptations and harmful habits that can hurt you both in short and long term. That's wisdom. That's godly wisdom. It'll give you discernment. You know that ain't right. You know that ain't right. Even the Bible says it's not right. Glory to God. Wisdom gives you discretion, knowing what to say, how to say it, and when knowing to deal with delicate situations in a way that are most helpful to those. Wisdom inspires confidence and prepares you for the most difficult times. Foolishness is a great risk and leaves you vulnerable to catastrophe. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Godly wisdom. Let's talk about understanding. Hallelujah. But just to give you a little clue, you know, I work in a hospital environment. I'm in IT. Every time I say IT, I think about Sister Haley. She always has to help me program my, my iPad for the church. But anyway, what I do is I take, I take, I'm a server administrator, da-da-da. And what they've done now is they've taken VMware, which is a, a software that emulates a server. So in other words, we've got some big, robust servers at work. And this big server can produce a lot of little VMs, virtual machines, that emulate servers, like a SharePoint server, an Exchange server, an SQL server. So in other words, these, this technology allows to emulate a physical machine. In the old days, data centers were full of physical machines. Now they have two or three big machines, and the rest are virtual machines. And I can tell you something else. You don't know if you're logging into a real machine or a virtual machine. It's virtual. It's deep technology. Wow, where do they come up with this stuff? And so all I have to do, that's why I can work from home, I just remote in and click on my little server and, and do my thing. Because all it is is a file. It's a file. Do you believe that? They, they've gotten so deep now that they can make a server into a file. And that's all it is. And you know what? If they, if they lose it, they back it up and restore that file, the server comes back. And you can't tell the difference unless you go into the computer room and say, what, what am I locking into? No moving parts. High technology. 
And now they're getting deeper because they want to go to the cloud. <laughs> That's all it is, is VMs in the cloud. You know, so anyway, I'm just thinking how worldly wisdom has got crazy. My phone. My phone. I got 10 different Bible translations on my phone. I got Bible searches, Brother Plale. I can, I can search through the Bible. I can tell you how many butts are in each, each, each Bible. Amazing. I can do it quick, too. In the old days, you had to go to the library, get a bunch of Bibles, and stack them over here, and hopefully you can count. But these days, high tech. It's high tech. But you know what? That's worldly. Yeah, it's good stuff, but it's worldly. It won't get you to heaven. That won't get you to heaven. <laughs> that won't get you to heaven. Glory to God. Yeah, so all I have to do is sit home, log into my virtual server, click on my virtual people, and click, 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 click. Hey, I'm doing my job from home since COVID. So, wow, we're, we're really getting, 2023 is definitely getting up there. So, anyway, let me talk about understanding. Understanding is a God-given perception of the nature and the meaning of things, resulting in sound judgment Decision-making, particular ability to discern spiritual truths and to apply it to human dispositions and conduct. <laughs> this is a good one. Apprehension, <laughs> spiritual understanding. That's a deep one. Understanding basically is wisdom. Understanding and wisdom come when we are relentless in our pursuit of the truth to study God's word. So what I'm saying is when you get understanding, you understand that God's word trumps everything else. When you get understanding, you understand that the way to live right is the word of God. Points of understanding. Understand this. You be grateful. Be grateful. There's a lot of folks who love to be in the situation you're in. Sometimes I have these little pretty parties. I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking there is a lot of people. They would love to be in my shoes. There was a lot of people that had the mobility. There's a lot of people that would want to be where you are right now. Be grateful. See, that's understanding. That's, that's what's wisdom, and that's understanding. Tell you something else. Understand this. Fear God. Fear God. Fear God. Proverbs 9, 10, 11 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning, the start. First thing you have to understand is to fear the Lord. Why? Well, because fear him who can kill the body and put your soul in the hell. Don't fear him just don't fear the person who just killed the body, but fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord. He's almighty God. So when you get smart, you say, oh why? I better not do that because God might not like it. Yes, you're getting smarter. You're understanding right now. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah. Praise the Lord. The other thing you gotta understand is to pay your tithes. God loves a cheerful giver. You got to pay your tithes. You got to give God his. He wants a dime out of every dollar. That, that, that's wisdom and that's understanding. You know what? A lot of people say, well, wisdom comes from old age. Yeah, but you know what? You can understand now. You can, you can get wise right now. You should get wise right now. The nuggets I'm giving you right now, mm. glory to God. Another thing, be faithful coming to church. I'm on my family all the time. Be faithful. Be faithful. Things get in the way. I know things get in the way, but you got to sacrifice. There, there could be something. One word can deliver you that was delivered on a Wednesday. You could be set you free. Do you know one word delivered me? 
on a Tuesday night, the preacher said, deny yourself. Wow. Went right through my body, got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost. One word. But if I wasn't there that Tuesday night, I wouldn't have got it. You know what? Heaven and hell. <laughs> there's a heaven and there's a hell. You ain't going to miss both of them. That's wisdom. Understand that. There's a heaven and there's a hell, and you ain't going to miss both of them. Oh, I got to miss. I got time. I'm youthful. I got time. Oh, I've been in the church 20 years. I know it. Let him that thinketh he stand. Take heed lest you fall. The devil loves folks who think like that. I've been in church. I'm this and I'm that. You know what? If the devil didn't back down off Jesus, what makes you think he's going to back down off you? Only thing he respects is the word of God that's implanted in your heart. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. You know what else? He's a 24-hour devil. He don't quit. He don't stop. Understand this. This is understanding right now. Understand that you're in a warfare. Don't you know people don't want you coming to church? Don't you know the liquor store man is mad because you go to church? The dope dealer is mad because your kid's in church? They don't want you to be saved. They don't want you to be saved. Oh, uh-oh. They don't want you to be saved. They want you to be out there in the clubs. <laughs> There's a whole, whole, whole spiritual warfare going on right there. Because they don't like church folks. Church folks are too straight. They save their money. They read the Bible. They don't do this. They don't. And they're, they're, they're living good because they got wisdom and because they got understanding. Oh, God. Isaiah 54, 17 says there's no weapon. But I shot, shot, shot. No weapon. Understand this. There's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. You got the word of God behind you. No weapon. <laughs> no weapon. Don't that make you feel good? There's nothing that can come against the, war, the child of God. If God be for you, who can be against you? But I shot. <laughs> oh, God. Something else you want to understand. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. <laughs> be careful for nothing. Watch out for that small stuff, that subtle stuff. The enemy is subtle. <laughs> I, I, this is for another message, but you know that everybody thinking the major sins, the, the sins you commit with your clothes off. Let's talk about the sins you commit with your clothes on. Backbiting, gossiping, proud look. That's where the enemy gets you. I'm almost through. Romans, I'm going to end this. Romans 8, 28. Know this. Understand this. Nay, in all these things, you are more than a conqueror to him that loved you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Good work. Brother Tossin, I'm going to start in John 10.10 because everything that you said is so true. Spiritual warfare, it says, in the, it says the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he wasn't done yet. That's not a period. That's not the end of that. It says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. See, 
there's a fork in the road right there. We have a choice to make. You can take one path. You can take the other path because there is a spiritual warfare. There's God's plan and there's the enemy's plan. We, we make choices every day. I'm going to get real specific. And we, we come to church. We made, we made up our minds to get here. And that's the start. That's the start. So I want to look. It says uh, in Psalms 107 and 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So that's God's plan. So why, is, why would people want to live in the world? Why would people, you know, be out acting crazy? Why is the world the way that it is? If he sent his word and healed them, well, we find out when we get to Hebrews 4 and 2, that for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So we have to activate the word. You have to mix it with faith and activate the word for it to be effective. We ha- now, it takes faith to tithe. When you're broke, it takes faith. It takes faith to come to church instead of taking that overtime because we know that God will profit us, profit us way more than that paycheck because your employer can give you some money and the government's going to take most of it anyway. But it really doesn't matter because God gave you all and he only wants 10% back. Do the math. I mean, simple math. We, I don't know about this new math. We'd probably have to write four pages of stuff, but uh, that's anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So simple math, simple math. God gives you 100 percent, only wants 10 back. Uh, your employer gives you part of what you made, and then the government takes, you know, 25 percent or however that would like just do the math. It's way more profitable to be at church, but it takes faith. It takes faith to do what's right, even when you know that you probably won't get caught. Everybody else is doing it. When you're in that gray area, right? Just in that gray, it takes faith to do what you're supposed to do, knowing that God will bless that faith and be way more than you could ever put in your pocket in that gray area. So fudging the rules a little, just just a little staying in that gray area, takes faith to stay out of it. I want to look into a story that we look at all the time here in Acts 9. We talk about Saul changing to Paul, and I'm going to read four verses really quickly here. This is in As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecute. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I want to jump down to verse 7 real fast. It says, and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. See, we talk about Saul changing to Paul all the time. We forget that he had a whole army with him. They were in the right place at the right time and got something completely different. They were right there and they missed the whole thing because those soldiers still stayed soldiers. That's a sad action because Saul was looking for godly work. The army was just looking to hang around. You can come to church, be in the right place at the right time for every word, every message, and walk away with nothing. You can walk away just the same way, or you can walk away and you can be like, oh, well, I thought that God was going to do this. That's not how that works. 
That's not how you, you have to know. You have to have faith for it to operate. We got an opportunity tonight, as the words preach, we have an opportunity every service to either be like Saul and change to Paul or be like the army and stay the same. We have that choice. We have the opportunity to be healed of our destructions, not the enemy's destructions. Not, there is a spiritual war. Sometimes uh, we're the enemy. So we have that opportunity if you'll just mix faith with the word and leave here changed, knowing that God will jump in your life. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good tonight, isn't he? So good to see each of you here. Amen. Many of you went through much to be here. Thank you. And um, I appreciate the fact that no matter what it is I go through to get here, I know God's going to be here. Kids getting sick in the car, flat tires fighting with your spouse. <laughs> Employer wants you to hang around a little longer, right? Wisdom tells you, I need to go to church. <laughs> That's what wisdom says. Wisdom says, I'm going to take that word, I'm going to mix it with faith and make a right choice when I get to that place in the road. So, I appreciate you guys being here. I want to look at the book of Acts in a story that you all know, no need to stand, anything like that. The book of Acts chapter 27, we know that that is the story of Paul. Again, now he's on a journey trying to do the right thing. And Paul is on his way to Rome, and he's on a ship. And we know that in that ship, they experienced something that that uh, was life-changing for many, many people. If you've ever been on a boat and you've been in very, very, very rough water, Brother Lance, or the Trace, <laughs> you know that when you're looking out there, you go, I am not going to make it. It's going to be by the grace of God. And I'm never really too fond of that feeling when I can't see the shore. Just being honest with you, I've never been a great swimmer. I grew up in Alaska. I was born and raised here. We didn't have a pool, but we had one pool. It was at uh, East High School, West High School, West High School. The only pool, right? Does anyone remember that, Sister Annie? Before your time, even. Long before your time. Actually, you're still a young spring chicken. We had a pool there. I remember going to the pool. I said, let's go swimming, standing in the shower, because it was the only place that was warm. The water in there was so cold. Amen. 27, verse 11, Brother Stacy says, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. He said, you know what? There's going to be much hurt. There's going to be some serious loss of, of life, possibly, and limb, and everything that goes along with this. You should not take this journey. And they didn't listen. So I want to just talk for a few minutes about the voice of the shepherd. 
Verse 10, Paul said, I perceive that this voyage will be with much hurt and much damage. John 10, verse 14, talks about I am the good shepherd. You want to think, you ever want to go to a place that talks about the shepherd? Go to John 10. He said, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known of mine. Verse 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He said, my sheep follow me. Verse 5, he says, they know not the voice of a stranger. And the sheep hear his voice, verse 3, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. He's laying out some principles about sheep and shepherd. Sheep follow the shepherd. But if they're never around the shepherd, they'll not recognize his voice. Because what they'll recognize is the voice that's constantly bombarding them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That voice that bombards you. But that's, that voice of reason from the shepherd says, man, oh man, it's going to be all right. I'm going to follow the shepherd. I'm going to listen to what he says. I hear it. I recognize that voice. It's a voice that always gets me through. And verse 4 says, the sheep follow him for they know his voice. The shepherd might be called a watchman in your Bible. The watchman was one that stood upon the walls and was watching for enemy, was watching for infiltration, could see things from a vantage point that the sheep could not see. He began to make noise, whatever it was necessary, so that the sheep knew that an enemy was in route. A wolf in sheep's clothing might be in the fold. Shepherd could be a pastor, a leader, a guide. David, who was a shepherd, said, the Lord is my shepherd. Listen how he says it in the Amplified. You have that. To feed, to guide, to shield me, I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in fresh and tender green grass or pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. You getting this? The shepherd is talking about the good shepherd. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yeah, yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death. I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod is to protect me and your staff to guide me, and they comfort me. Almost done. You prepare a table before me. I love that. He said, who's making dinner tonight? The Lord's making dinner tonight. He's got that table spread. He's got the best of the best on there. You say, what are we going to have at church tonight? I tell you what, we're going to have the best meal possible. Prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, right in the midst of the enemy's camp. 
say, how can he do that? Because he is the good shepherd. He's going to anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Last verse, surely our only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and through the length of my days in the house of my Lord or the Lord. His presence shall be my dwelling place. I love it. Put that on your notes, the Amplified. Read that regular. It's allowing the shepherd to lead and guide us. To be my watchman. Well, I don't need that. That's what the world will tell you. You don't need somebody to lead you or guide you. You're your own man. You're your own woman. Did they have that back early on when you were living for God? Early on, Sister Herring? Elder Sister Herring, did they have that attitude? That, that indignant I am in control of my life and to give control or the reins over to God would mean that I'm weak. Yes, they did. It's been something mankind has fought with for years. It's not new. Not at all. I don't want to fight against that. I want to hear the voice of the shepherd. I want to be faithful, loyal, and teachable. I want to be all those things. I want to be to the shepherd. I just want him to know I'm, I am a sheep in his fold. I hear his voice. When the warning sound comes, I don't have to ask, is that a warning sound? Duh. Could you explain it to me in deep detail? No time. Sometimes the shepherd just gives out the warning call. Sometimes he's... He's just underneath the anointing of God. Thank you, Jesus. And he is putting out the things that are necessary for the sheep. Because the sheep really aren't very bright. Oh, I offended somebody tonight. I'm sorry. Not really. You may be educated beyond this or that. Brother, talk. Tostin, when you were talking about computers, my brain and screen just went completely blank. I know lots of you, you guys are going, yeah, I can dig that, man. Keep talking about that. I'm going. Praise the Lord. In 1 Kings chapter 21, I'm going to hurry and finish this. Read that for yourself. That is the story of King Ahab. It's the king of Israel and the king of Judah, which was Jehoshaphat and the king of Syria. And Ahab was a knucklehead. And Ahab says, I am looking over at Syria. He's looking at Ramoth Gilead. And he says, we can have that. Remember, he's the guy that said, Naboth, I want your vineyard. Hello, somebody. And so Ahab says to Jehoshaphat, hey, why don't you help me out? And we're going to go conquer Ramoth Gilead. You read it for yourself because time doesn't permit. And so Jehoshaphat says, um, yeah, sure, I'm with you. But hey, have you got a preacher or a prophet? 
or a man of God that could tell me whether or not this is his will. And so Ahab goes, you betcha. And he files those guys in, 400 of them, the scripture says, Sister Jessica, hey, and welcome home. Thank you for, we're good to see you. And, and he files 400 of those prophets, and they come up. And, and so Ahab goes, all right, should we go up and take Ramoth Gilead? And they go, oh, yes, you should. It's yours. And they, they took throughout the scriptures, read it. One of them took set off. Of horns and and said you're going to push them right out like this and and they're yours and and uh, Jehoshaphat said um, have you got a prophet that could come tell us this he recognized the fact that they're just a bunch of they're just a bunch of showmen they're a bunch of yes men and they came and they gave Ahab exactly what he wanted to hear could i tell somebody could i could i just give you advice please when you're seeking advice about spiritual things don't go see people who aren't spiritual when you're seeking advice about your life about your family's life about your future. Seek the man of God. Seek somebody who's going to pray. Seek somebody who will tell you the truth. And Jehoshaphat says, um, how about somebody that's really a prophet? Nicely, he's saying that. And so Ahab goes, well, there is this one guy. Micaiah. He says, but everything he says, he says it's bad about me. Well, that's pretty good, pretty good reason to listen to this guy. <laughs> Ahab puts him in place, and, and so you know the story. Uh, Micaiah comes and says, oh, yeah, 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 you got him. And Ahab goes, see, I told you. All he wants to do is tell me bad things. He knew that his advice was you shouldn't do that. But he did that because according to the word of the Lord, they said, we're going to fool them and mess with them by telling them through a lying spirit what they should do. And you know, they went and they, they just ignored Micaiah's advice, Brother Darren, and said, you go back. As a matter of fact, you're going to go to prison and you're going to eat some bread of affliction and drink some water of affliction. And when we get back and I see you again, we're going to talk some more. Micaiah says, if you come back, then I'm not a prophet of God. And they went anyway. They just listened to the 300, 400, all the voices that were not of reason, that were not of God. And, and they, they, they truly questioned it because Ahab goes, you know what? I think maybe I'm going to dress up like somebody else. I'm going to disguise myself, Sister Val. And he does, and so does. Uh, they're chasing him, and they see that King Jehoshaphat. They start chasing him, and when they catch up to him, they leave him alone. And they say, oh, that's not Ahab. And so it says, the Bible says, out of a venture, someone drew a bow and let an arrow fly, and it hit Ahab, right square between the shoulders, and he said he died. 
chose not the counsel of the man of God. They chose not to listen to the warning of the watchman or the shepherd. And it did not bode well for them. It's just the way it works. I appreciate the voice of the shepherd, church. I know you do, too. I know you do. I know you love your pastor, and you love your pastor's wife, Sister Herring. We love you. We are so glad you are home. We miss you. Just not the same. I was talking to the leaders earlier. I said, when someone's missing, it's just not the same. So just a part of the body that's not there, and and it's just so good to see you. We're glad you're here. Listen to the voice of the shepherd. Bring in reason. Our opening verse in Acts 27, verse 11 said that they chose to listen to the master and the ship owner instead of listen to Paul. But when things got even rougher, <laughs> which they have a tendency to do, they listened. When he said, except you abide in the ship, he said, stay right where you're at. God's going to get us through this together. He said, ah, ship's breaking apart, Brother Carlos. The waves are coming over the bow. They're coming over the stern, and the ship's falling apart. And he said, just hang on. It's going to be all right. You stay in the ship, it's going to be all right. And they just went, I'm going to listen to the ship. I'm going to listen to the man of God. He knows something I don't know. Stand, if you would, please, tonight. The voice of the shepherd. Thank you, Brother Tostin. Talking about wisdom. Principal thing. I call them. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. I appreciate people being faithful, living for God because they love God. Amen. Appreciate each and every one of you. Your faithfulness. Every eye closed if you could. Just, just don't want anybody looking. No need to look. There's nothing to see. I just wonder if there's anybody that's just kind of thinking about where they might be at in the midst of a storm, different places that you go as you're going in life. And maybe you're battling an illness. Maybe you're battling depression or discouragement. You're thinking about throwing in the towel and saying, what's the use? I'm just tired. I know if I asked you how many are just tired, you'd, the majority of people would raise their hands. But I just want you to know God's going to get you through it. There is no weapon formed against you. We just got to hang on. We got to hang on, church. We can't abandon this ship. Not now. Just about to get to a, a brand new place in our walk with God. brand new place a new place in God a place where your faith grows because you hang on 
your walk with God will grow. It'll mature because of your choices, the fork in the road. Is there anybody who might want to pray? These altars are open. If you want to come pray, we, we, we encourage that, obviously. If you don't want to come to the front, you want to keep praying, you want to pray, just, just sit right where you're at. Just seek God right where you're at. I will challenge you to come to the front. Something about putting your faith, allowing yourself to get out of a box, get out of a rut. If you want to pray where you're at, you're more than welcome to. I want to hear the voice of the shepherd. I want to let my pastor, I want to let him be my watchman. I want to heed his advice. I want to know what he thinks, God. Decisions of importance. Moving, taking a job, buying a home, something that's important. Let him pray about it. Let him give you his advice. Let him seek God's counsel. God of heaven, we love you and praise you. That's it. Thank you for coming forward, so many of you. God, I don't want to ignore the pastor's advice. I don't want to ignore his voice. I want to let him reign. I want to let him lead me and guide me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Forgive me if I've been.